Prophet Bishop Wale Akiande of the Ahava International Ministries is a revivalist, an educator, and bridge builder called to awaken the church in this generation to kingdom wealth and divine health. Through miracles, breakthroughs, and deliverance, he invites the many to experience the supernatural presence and power of God. Through his teachings and prophetic accuracy, many lives have been transformed for the better. Join Bishop Wale as he shares the gospel of the kingdom and helps build and raise a new generation of leaders around the world through his apostolic mandate and mentorship. Now let's look at, you know, this statement I made here. I said, this reward, we must desire to experience this fully. But how we can begin to experience this reward of his faithfulness is only thing he asks for us to do is to seek him, to get to know him, and to get to embrace him and make, it, make him our priority. So we need to desire to get into deeper love, deeper love experience with God. Deeper love experience with God. In Ephesians 3.19, Ephesians 3.19, I'm laying foundation this morning concerning certain things, how we can begin to live from above. Ooh. Ephesians 3.19 says, I'm reading from Amplified. It says, and that you may come to know practically through personal experience the love of Christ, which far surpasses mere knowledge without experience, that you may be filled up he said we can be filled up. So the question for, for you this morning, for you and I, is what is filling us up right now? What is taking our time? What is taking our desires? What is saturating our concerns? What is taking us completely, taking over our life? What is, uh, is our expectation or what are our expectations? You know, he says, maybe he said that you may be filled up throughout your being, your spirit, soul, and body, throughout every part of you, without anything being left out. To the fullness of God, to be filled to all the fullness of God, so that you may have the richest experience of God's presence in your life completely filled and flooded with God himself. There's no greater place to be. The Bible is saying to us, based on the revelation that Apostle Paul received, that you and I can be filled with the fullness of God. He actually used the word flood. When there is a flood, natural flood, the flood takes away everything on its path. In fact, if it's so strong, it can take away the house. It takes everything that is on the path. It uproots trees, takes away everything on its path because it's such a powerful flood, powerful impact. So God is saying to us that I can fill you up. I can fill your life up with all of who I am, of what I am, and what I'm able to do 
as if it's like a flood. So what is he saying prophetically to me? I should open my spirit for the flood to flow, the flood of the spirit to flow in me every single day. The flood of his power, the flood, the essence of his being, who God is, he wants to make it manifest. So what am I to do? A couple of things, very simple as a matter of fact, based on that scripture. We should strive for a deeper relationship with God. This deeper relationship of God, that must be our strong, our strongest desire. We need to live out of the richness of that love. What that means, it will destroy negative emotions. It will destroy depression. It will destroy fear. It will destroy, overrides every worry and anxiety. It will override it completely. Because you are walking, you are living out of the fullness of his love. Number two, enjoy a saturated experience of the love of God. You will start enjoying a saturated experience called the fullness of God. God will fill us up. And his fullness, you know when he talks about the fullness, He's talking about everything that God has. He's talking about everything that God is and everything that God has. He said he will bring it to us. Man, when I began to meditate on this, I realized that really we can live a life in this life without feeling any struggle, without feeling any pain. Is it real? Yes. Because Jesus Christ lived that way. Jesus Christ lived 33 and a half years without pain. How do I know? Because the moment he carried our pain, the Bible recorded it. The Bible said he carried our pain on his body. That means until that time, he was living life without pain. <laughs> He carried our iniquities. He became a broken man for us. That means until that time, no brokenness whatsoever was in his life. So, we can live this way. All that God is asking from us this morning is know him. Know him beyond religious experience. Know him beyond playing church. Know him beyond, don't even tie knowing him to when you read the Bible. Don't tie it to when you pray. No. It's not adequate. Those two things are not enough. If they are enough, then you don't even need to do any other thing. As long as you read your Bible and pray, that's okay. But beyond that, God is asking to draw in. Let that scripture, that word of God and prayer be a platform, be that foundation that will take us into a deeper experience with him. Deeper experience with him. So that we can have the fullness 
of the richest expression. I use the word in the fullness is the is the richest expression of God's presence. What am I saying? God wants to exp express himself in your relationships. God wants to express himself in your finances. God wants to exp express himself in your decisions and in every aspect of your life. God wants to live through you. So how will he do it? He will give you wisdom. He will release his power. He will release his knowledge so that you know things the way he knows things. You see things from God's perspective. So you don't look at your life based on what situation in life throw at you any longer. I will tell you something. For many years, I processed my life on two things. I processed it on things, challenges that I've been through. And I process it on things that I desire to achieve. So constantly, I find myself being at a crossroad of performance, striving. So when I don't achieve those things, I feel mm -hmm. deflated. And I battle through that time of discouragement over a period of time. Sometimes it could be months, sometimes it could be years. But I began lately, began to think about something, that God, Jesus Christ, because we, we have not seen God. We may want to exempt God and say God is in his own class, God. But what about Jesus Christ that came on the earth like you and I and lived through this system? But that's, all of these things that was a concern and worry and desire and longing and pursuit for me, Jesus Christ lived through them all, but exercised authority and dominion over them all. So as a result, nothing determines outside of God's plan. Nothing determines his attitude or what he does. Only God plans determines it. So I began to ask the Lord to show me more and more of how to begin to position myself with this. And this is where all these messages are coming from. Because God is saying, this is a time that we must live at a higher level, a higher realm of existence. That even though we are in this world, but we are not of this world, and we can begin to live differently. So when we come into alignment with God, if I may use that word, God will begin to release his wisdom, his power, his knowledge. He'll begin to release to us solutions, ideas, that things that used to be a struggle for us will no longer be a struggle. Amen. Now, I want to look at a case study, actually two case studies, of different people. And that's where I, my main stuff for now is going to stay. I want to look at the case study when Jesus visited Martha and Mary. We know the story very well. I'm going to read it from two translations quickly so that we can look at kingdom principles. In Luke 10, verse 38 to 42, Luke 10, verse 38 to 42, 
He says, and Jesus, as Jesus and the disciples continue on their journey, they came to a village where a woman welcomed Jesus into her house. Her name was Martha. And she had a sister named Mary. Mary sat down attentively before the master, absorbing every revelation he shared. But Martha became exasperated by finishing the numerous household chores in preparing for our guests. So she interrupted Jesus and said, Lord, don't you think it's unfair that my sister left me to do all the work by myself? You should tell her to get up and help me. Verse 41, the Lord answered her, Martha, my beloved Martha, why are you upset and troubled? Pulled away by all these many distractions. Are they really that important? Mary has discovered the one thing most important by choosing to sit at my feet. She's undistracted. And I won't take this privilege from her. In voice translation, put it this way. Jesus continued from there towards Jerusalem and came to another village. Martha, a resident of that village, welcomed Jesus into her home. Her sister Mary went and sat at Jesus' feet, listening to him teach. Meanwhile, Martha was anxious about all the hospitality arrangements. Martha said, Lord, why don't you care that, uh, sorry, why don't you care that my sister is leaving me to do all the work by myself? Tell her to go, get over there and help me. Then Jesus answered her and said, Oh, Martha, Martha, you are so anxious and concerned about a million details. But really, only one thing matters. Mary has chosen that one thing. And I won't take it away from her. Now, let's look at this story. Very, very powerful. Um, story now as i was looking at this story a couple of things done on me that it's not enough to welcome jesus or the holy spirit into our life it's not enough but we must submit all aspects of our life to him to be the lord to be at the center of our life to be the central focus Jesus Christ needs to be the central focus, the one in charge. We must allow him to help us run our lives. If we don't allow him to run our lives, we will do a bad job anyway. Here in this story, Martha did not know how to do this. Even though it was Martha who welcomed him into our house in the first place. But Mary knew how to do this. Mary knew how to engage. He knew how to submit. He knew how to, she knew how to allow the Lord Jesus to be at the center of everything. Now let's, let's just explore this story a bit. I brought a couple of principles there. Number one is positioning. We need to learn to position ourselves before the master. 
What do I mean by that? We need to learn to listen to him. Spend time listening to the Lord concerning details of your life. Give him full attention. That was what Mary knew to do. Mary knew how to give the Lord full attention. She was not ready to miss out any information, anything. The Bible says she was attentive before the master. As I'm sharing today, you need to be attentive with your spirit to receive the same instruction, divine instruction from the Lord. Number two, she opened her heart to learning. She was willing to learn. The Bible said to absorb. She wanted, she was absorbing like a sponge taking in water. She was absorbing every revelation from, from the Lord. She was just taking it in. It shows me of someone who is so hungry for the presence of God. Who is so hungry. She wasn't just like, wow, Jesus Christ is in our house and just be happy and be all over the place. No. She, was, she, she had that drive. She was driven to know what is it that the Lord has brought with him. She wanted to know heaven's revelation. She wanted to know. She wanted to have an encounter with God. She, want, she was reaching out to deeper experience with God. She wasn't just satisfied with superficial experience with God. She didn't go into celebration. The Bible says, look at her posture. She sat at the feet. That there is a time for celebration, but there is a time for sitting at the feet of the master. To say, Lord, just pour everything into me. Just pour who you are into me. Give me a revelation. I will never be satisfied until you release it into my spirit. God is calling us to such rich encounter with him. Number three. This is not the time. Performance is needed. What do I mean? Performance that is born out of personal agenda or needs. This is not what God needs at this time. Playing church. Catching up with prayers. Trying to read the Bible every now and again. You just realize that you slack yesterday. Oh, let me catch up today. No, God doesn't want any of that now. God wants a consistent, rich relationship with us, ongoing basis. What does that mean? In the kingdom of God, the priority is to become one with God. That's the priority, to become one with God. That's why Jesus Christ had to pray it. Lord, may they be one, even as we are one. This is the time that God is calling back his church to become one with him and to become one with his agenda. When you receive this, it will turn your life upside down. It will turn the way you live now. It will flip it on the head. Because why? You will no longer be yourself. You will no longer be able to live regularly as you used to be. In the kingdom of God, the priority is to become one with God. What is he saying? So you need to be one with God first. Then you start doing. 
the doing bit flows from being one with him. I put it in my note. There is a danger of wanting to perform first rather than connecting with him first. Matter became exasperated, wanting to finish a numerous household chore. In preparation, the word there is in preparation for her guest. Why? She wanted to, <laughs> she wanted to please her guest. The other translation says, Matter was anxious about all the hospitality arrangements. And there are so many rich principles in those scriptures that are read. So I put it this way. We should stop being people's pleaser. Matter was people's pleasing rather than God pleasing. So what... what I was looking at it, you know, something done on me that I had to put a prayer point there. I said, Lord, help me see the way you see. Because why? Jesus Christ came there with his disciples. I wonder if disciples were not already angry with Mary. They say, uh-uh, Jesus Christ came sitting down. We all his disciples were here. Don't you know, doesn't Mary has common sense that if you stand up and go and help Martha so that we can eat and get dressed, I mean, so that we can be fed rather and, and be taken care of. I could imagine the disciples thinking this way because it looks like that is the right thing to do. But Peter, I mean, but Jesus refused to judge by the outward performance. He was looking at the heart. He was looking at the heart of Mary and he was looking at the heart of Martha. What is in your heart? What is in your heart? Because ultimately your heart is what God has been looking for. Because from, the, from men's perspective, Men may look at you as a great Christian. Men may look at you as a devoted Christian. Men may look at you as somebody that doesn't compromise because you are doing what seems right. But God may look at you and say you are a hypocrite because your heart is not for him. You are doing what seems right before people. Pharisees did what seems right. They observed the law. They observed, they observed the Sabbath. They, they fasted. They did all the things that they, seemed, they think it was right. But their heart was far from God. They even challenged God. They even challenged Jesus at different times. Why must your disciples break the law? They were eating. They were eating on Sabbath day when they shouldn't be eating. They don't fast, and we fast. The disciples of John the Baptist ask the question, why are your servants not fasting? Why are your disciples not fasting? And we are fasting. Why? Because they, they were doing the what seemed right, but their heart was far. They didn't have a revelation. They weren't living out of revelation from God. You know, there's, I feel so much anointing. 
my hand, everything is just filled with such mm-hmm. presence of God. God is calling us. God is reaching out to our heart for in such a time like this, not to perform. We don't need performance. We need God to be real to us more than every other thing. What did matter go into? Self-justification. She went into self-justification. What do I mean by that? Look at what she said. Before I go into what she said, I put it in my note. Often we expect reward for the wrong things. But because we don't know, we are not discerning that is wrong. We still want God to reward us. Oh, I fasted. I've been fasting. Bishop, I've been fasting for the past three days. So, I've been praying. I pray every time. I pray in the spirit every time now. So, performance. We want to be rewarded for that. Not knowing that we're actually getting the priority wrong. I'm not saying those things are wrong. I'm saying, what is the motive for doing it? Is it born out of revelation? Is it born out of relationship? Or is it born out of performance? That's the point I'm making. I don't say don't pray. I don't say don't fast. I didn't say don't pray in the spirit. No. I'm saying, is it born out of relationship for God that you cannot do but be in his presence? Thank you for listening today to the Bishop Wale podcast.